You are listening to the Passion City Church Podcast. To learn more about Passion City Church, including our gathering times in Atlanta and Washington, D.C., visit us online at passioncitychurch.com. Today's talk comes from Pastor Louis Giglio. If you have scripture today, we're going to be looking at Ezekiel 37. And I'd love for you to open your copy of scripture if you have it. And obviously, we're in this little journey of putting an X through anxiety. The title of this message might be Breathing in the Wonder of God and Breathing Out the Weight of Depression. And we see that in this text today. You might be familiar with the text. It's the story of the Valley of Dry Bones. Has anybody felt like you've ever been in the Valley of Dry Bones, that place where everything was brittle and everything was cracking and everything was dry. This is where Ezekiel, the prophet, is found. He and the people of God are in exile. They're away from their home. They're away from their place of worship, but God's still stirring, and there's a vision, and it is the vision in the valley of dry bones. I want to read the account of it beginning in verse 1. Ezekiel writes, the hand of the Lord was upon me, And he brought me out by the Spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me back and forth among them, and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley, bones that were very dry. He asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, O sovereign Lord, you alone know. Now, just parenthetically, that is always the right answer when God asks you a question. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put my breath in you and you will come to life. Then you will know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I was prophesying, there was a a noise, a rattling sound, and the bones came together bone to bone. I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe into these slain that they may Live, So I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath entered them, and they came to life and stood up as a vast army. Then he said to me, son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They say, our bones are dried up and our hope is gone. We are cut off. Therefore prophesy and say to them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Oh, my people, I'm going to open your graves and bring you up from them. I will bring you back to the land of Israel. Then you, my people, will know that I am the Lord 
when I open your graves and bring you up from them, I will put my spirit in you and you will live. And I will settle you in your own land. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and I have done it, declares the Lord. Verse six, I will put my breath in you and you will come to life. I think the thing that anxiety and depression want to do is take our breath away from us. This word breath that we see all through this passage in Ezekiel 37 is the Hebrew word ruach. And ruach means wind, it means breath, and it also means spirit. And it's a word attached actually to God as a name of God. In Genesis, uh, the very first paragraph of scripture, it says in verse two, it says, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep. Now, I think when we talk about depression, anxiety, and all these things that our generation is struggling so much with, this is a good description of us. It's a description of some of the people that you know. They're formless, they're empty, and darkness is over the surface of the deep. Their life is marked by these things. But in the very beginning, when the creation was like this, it says in the last part of verse 2, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. The word spirit in this verse is ruach, same word, and then the word for God is Elohim, and so the ruach of Elohim, ruach Elohim, spirit of God, that's why it's capitalized in verse 2, was hovering over the waters. And then a few verses later, we see where God formed Adam out of the dust, and so there he was, completely formed, but lifeless until God breathed into him the breath of life. And then the scripture says he became a living being. It's the power of the transfer of the sovereign breath of God, the ruach of God, the wind of God, the breath of God, the spirit of God. And then Paul writes in Acts 17, 25, that is God himself who gives everyone life and breath. There it is again and everything else. You and I have the gift of the sovereign breath of God, and the breath of God is our life. So it's no surprise to us, right, that what the enemy wants to do in our lives is to steal away our breath, to take away that beautiful gift of God that has been put inside every one of us. He can do that ultimately if people never come to faith in Jesus. When they take their last breath, it is their final breath. He can do that for us in life when we get distracted and we use the breath that God has put in our lungs to glorify everything but the sovereign God who put the breath in our lungs. And the enemy can do it consistently if he can put enough weight on our chest that it smashes us and presses out of us the very holy breath of Almighty God. And that's what God wants to talk to us about today. That weight of depression, 
that pushes out of us the very breath of God. And God wants in the midst of that to prophesy to the dry bones today in our house and say, breath of God, come and breathe into them and breathe them to life. You know, when you talk to somebody who's struggling with anxiety or having panic attacks or anxiety attacks or is really in the thick of a fight with depression, you hear them say a lot of times, it just feels like I can't breathe. It feels like there's a thousand pounds on my chest. I woke up in the middle of the night and it seemed like there was an elephant sitting on top of me and I couldn't catch my breath. We say these words because what? That's what depression is doing to us. Depression is depressing us. It is pressing down on us and pressing the very breath of God out of our lungs. And so today I just want to offer a, the word of the Lord. And I want to prophesy to the spirit of God today and say, come into us who need breath today, because the only thing that can move the 2000 pounds or the 5,000 pounds or whatever you're feeling off of your chest and off of your lungs today is a breath from the almighty God. And no matter how heavy the weight that is on you, a breath from God can move it. The Ruach of God can move that weight. How does the weight get there? Well, I think it's a toxic mix of a few things. And I'm not an expert on any of this, but I have been down, as most of you know, in a really, really dark hole of depression. And it is a miracle, and I always say this, that I'm here today in my right mind, communicating this message. There was a season in my life where that was not an option that I could see ever happening to me. And so though I'm not a doctor and I'm not an expert, I am a witness today to the power of Almighty God. I am a witness today that what I'm saying is true. I'm a witness today that this isn't just a message that sounds good, but this is a God who's greater than whatever is weighing on you. And I think for me, and I think for a lot of us, that weight is a toxic mix, and it's a few things. I think, one, it's the result of getting our eyes off of God. That's what happened to the people of God, and that's why they were in exile. They had seen the miracles. They'd been led by God. They had an incredible history with God, but they'd gotten their eyes off of God, and when they got their eyes off of God, everything in their lives went wrong. And I know that underneath most of the weight that's pressing breath out of people today, the root of anxiety and depression is fear. And the antidote to fear is a view of God. The antidote to fear is to be able to see God again and to to understand that God is greater than whatever it is that is pressing down on us with the weight. And that's what the Spirit of God wants to do is help us see God again. Sinclair Ferguson said it this way, the work of the Spirit does not add information about Jesus He, the Spirit, simply opens our eyes to see who he really is. And when the weight is on us and the breath of God is being pressed out of us, and then all of a sudden we are crippled by anxiety, Jesus somehow has gotten so small in our view that we feel like whatever this is is way bigger than whoever he is. And God wants to restore in us a beautiful view of God. 
And for some of us, the toxic mix started with we just got our eyes off of God. Another thing I think that mixes into this is that we got to the place where we were being led by our feelings. And I just want to make sure you hear me say today, feelings are okay. We all have them. Amen. There are times when we feel lonely. Hello? Anybody feel lonely? There are times when we feel afraid. There are times when uh, in our lives we feel overwhelmed. This is a feeling that we have. There are times in our lives where we feel sad. And when you feel sad and you feel lonely or you feel overwhelmed, you shouldn't feel bad about that because we all have feelings. The problem comes when I let my feelings take the pen and write the narrative of my life story. When I let the feelings take the pen and say, I'm going to write the headline for today. I feel sad today. Therefore, today is going to be a sad day. Instead of letting the Spirit of God take the pen in our lives and write the headline, I turn sadness into joy. And it might not happen in 20 minutes, but it's going to happen. It might not happen by the time you go to bed tonight, but it's going to happen because I turn mourning into dancing. I give beauty for ashes. I am the breath of God, the ruah of God. I am the wind of God and the spirit of God. Let me have the pen today. And it's okay to feel overwhelmed. It is not okay to be led by that feeling. And so somehow that gets in the toxic mix. I've got my eyes off of God and I feel overwhelmed. That's a bad combination. And that's going to lead me probably into an anxious place. I'll tell you another way that we get under this weight is we neglect the simple pleasures of life. This is going to be so great because this is free. We neglect the simple pleasures of life. We are so sophisticated and so absorbed by our screens that we forgot that it's of no cost to watch a sunrise. And every sunset is free. We forgot that you can actually go and walk in the grass and that you can go out at night and stare up at the starry host, that you can go to the ocean. I've read so many articles in the last three months about what expansive water does to restore the circuitry of our brains. And I'm like, oh, that's great. I've been looking at pictures of the ocean on my phone. (laughs) Not working. And somehow the toxic mix of the screen and getting our eyes off God and being led by our feelings is putting weight on our lungs and depressing us and pressing out of us the very spirit of God. The wind of God. I'm not talking theologically like the Holy Spirit leaves and comes back. I'm just talking about the experiential power of God's Spirit in us. Ben Stewart gave a talk at Passion Camp and then at Passion, and he was talking about the younger generation. It's true of all of us, but man, the, the, the people who'd studied the young people around us, and they had studied all of these various markers of them, um, hospitalization for self-harm, feelings of isolation, anxiety, suicide. And they looked at every chart and every chart when they put them all on top of each other had an inflection point 
in 2012 where they were trending along and then they shot straight up like this. And the question was raised, of course, well, what happened in 2012? And someone said, that's when we got the smartphone. No, we already had the smartphone. That's when everyone was introduced to social media. And in that moment, every negative marker skyrocketed among the young people in our generation. Now, I know, every, I've had many conversations with young people about social media and about screens, and I, I get it. Every, every time, there's always an immediate resistance, like you don't understand. You grew up without, without a, you know, a digital camera, so what do you know about anything? <laughs> this is all we've ever known. And I get this, and I love what Ben said. He said, it's not your fault, but it is your problem. And I say that to all of us today. It may not be your fault what is weighing on you, but it is your problem. And you cannot simply say, the phone's not my fault for the rest of your life. At some point, you've got to accept, the phone is my problem, and I'm going to have to return to some of the simple pleasures in life. And that means I'm actually going to go and enjoy the sunset and not go into the sunset and get my phone in the right place on the tripod so the whole time the sun is going down, I can get my little video thing going so I can get in the right place while the sun's still going down. Austin, this is going to be amazing. I'm going to, I, I will become a TikTok legend over this little move right here. And then the sun went down and the, you spend the next three hours editing the video. Not a simple pleasure. I'm talking about just going out to the sunset. You're like, Louie, uh, we came here to hear someone teach the word, not have little meditative moments about sunsets. Okay. He leads me beside still waters. That's in the Bible. He makes me lie down in green pastures. That's in the Bible. He restores my soul. And we need to trade some of these high-end pleasures for some of the simple pleasures in life. It's in the toxic mix. Another thing that's in the toxic mix is isolation. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That is where anxiety gets its power. <laughs> and as connected as we all somehow think we are, it is amazing how isolated we can be. The year was coming down last year to the, to the end, and I was talking to somebody, and they said, when's the last time you saw so-and-so? And it was a very close friend of mine or I thought a close friend of mine, and I said, oh my word, I haven't seen him since, whoo, last April. When's the time, last time you talked to him, like on the phone? I was like, like really talk to him or talk to him? Like we texted, like I commented on their thing, like they DM me, like I DM them, you mean like that? No, when's the last time you talked to them? Like on the conversation, voice to voice, I went, whoa, man, it's been a couple months. I realized I haven't talked to on a phone my close friend in nine months. And then I went to my next friend, another friend of mine that I text with a lot because we do a Bible study together. And I thought, when is the last time we talked? We haven't talked on the phone 
in nine months. And I started going down the list of people. And I went, uh oh. I'm in a low. I said to Shelly, I realized today I'm in a low. I I had to reach out to my friend and I said, hey, I I know that I haven't really been a good friend to you for the last nine months and I just want you to know that it's nothing about you. If you're sitting over there thinking, did I do something, say something, is Louis mad? It's not you, it's me. I've been in a low this year. I had to reach out to the next friend and to the next friend and to the next friend and say, man, I've been in a low this year. I don't, I don't know how I got in it. I didn't even notice that I was in it. But then all of a sudden one day I woke up and said, I have isolated myself somehow. And I'm sorry. Uh, one friend reached back and said, uh, and they, they, he understands me and understands life and uh, left me a voice memo. I don't know if you like those or not on text, but I think they're fantastic. And he left me a voice memo. He said, Louie, I'm going to leave you a voice memo every day for 30 days. You can leave me one back or not, but you're going to hear about my day every single day, voice to voice for 30 straight days. Next day, well, and I won't give you his whole day that day. You know, here's where I am. Here's what I'm doing. Here's where we're going. Here's what the kids are doing. Here's what's happening. And, and I'm sitting there like, well, I Hey, great to hear from you. Here's what I'm doing. I'm sitting right now, da 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 blah, 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 blah. And for the next 30 days, we are in voice-to-voice connection to each other. Because isolation is the place where the enemy always wins. He raised them up, and they stood up the bones of vast army. They stood up as a we. And I'm telling you, the enemy's got some of you real focused on me. I think the other thing, the last thing in this toxic mix is that it's just being self-focused. It's just being absorbed with self-review and self-analysis and self. And somewhere in that toxic mix, God wants to prophesy to the dry bones today. And he wants to say, come from the four winds, spirit of God, and breathe on them that they can live. See, this breath thing is obvious. If you read anything, including this, and the reason why this is important to me is because it is my story. I am an anxiety overcomer, and as I just shared, I'm still kind of duking it out with anxiety occasionally. And so it's what started out is this little guy was a seven-day email drip campaign devotion has turned into the a little bit bigger, more expanded version, which I'm pumped and excited about. And in it, we talk a little bit about breath. And I'm just going to tell you for, for real, when I was down in the pit of depression, if you come to me and said you need to do some breathing techniques, I'd have gone, you are clueless, man. I am in the fetal position in the corner. I don't need breathing techniques. I need a miracle. But it turns out, I needed some breathing techniques. And everything you read about anxiety and depression is going to tell you about the power of breathing, and I'll tell you why. Um, I read this study by the American Institute of Stress. Isn't it awesome that we have an American Institute of Stress? (laughs) Deep breathing increases the supply of oxygen to your brain and stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system. That's what you need. You need your parasympathetic nervous system to get stimulated. 
which promotes a state of calmness. Breathing techniques help you feel connected to your body. It brings your awareness away from the worries in your head and quiets your mind. God wants you to get back in touch with your breathing. A friend of mine uh, a while back went to one of the world-renowned doctors that helps with depression and anxiety and all kind of mental illness, and the person's very hard to see, and this friend of mine had seen them, and I thought, man, I'll, I'll probably never get to see that person, so I'm going to just kind of co-opt on your visit. You know, like, what, what did you get out of it that can help me? And the person said, well, the biggest takeaway for me were some of the breathing techniques that they taught me. It's like you went to the world-renowned expert on mental health, and they gave you breathing techniques. Like, good to know. Save me a visit. Just tell me what the techniques are. Well, it, there's just deep breathing. I was like, I know, but what's like the special secret sauce? No, you're just like, it's breathing. It's breathing. And that's what God wants to say today. It's breathing, people. It's breathing. The Ruah came. And yes, there were bones. And yes, there were tendons. And yes, there was skin. And they now look like people, but they needed breath to live. And there are people in this gathering today, and you've got bones, and you've got tendons, you have muscles, you have eyes, you have hair, but you need the breath of God to come into your lungs so you can live. And I'm telling you, a breath of God today is greater than whatever is pressing down on you. They say the normal adult breathes 20,000 times a day. That's a lot of breaths. And I wonder if we could harness those and use them in the power of the Spirit to help us get in touch with the sovereignty of God and the sovereign God who says, I can speak to what is dead and cause it to live. We breathe out, we exhale. And sometimes it's just a little, you know, we don't even notice it. Most of the 20,000, I guess, just go by. But every now and then we do a very pronounced exhale. <sighs> Ever do one of those? Anybody done one of those today or had your kids do one of those today? Your husband? <laughs> That's what we do when we're staying at the ticket counter, at the airport, when things don't go our way. <sighs> That's what we do in traffic. What is that? That is such a great breath because it is the breath that says either I'm exhausted, I'm exasperated, it's the oh man, it's the I'm frustrated, it's the I'm depleted, it's disdain for the circumstance and the situation. And I'm telling you, the best thing we can do is get in touch with the 20,000 exhales going on every day and turn them into a revival of the heart saying, what I'm breathing out right now, God, is A, if I'm feeling the weight, if I'm feeling the pressure, if I'm feeling like I'm under the gun, then I want to breathe out in this moment. I can't do it. I'm at the end of my supply. I don't have what it takes. I can't control this. I can't control them. I can't control her. I don't have enough resources. I don't have the energy. I can't do what I need to do right now. And you know what? That is amazing to be able to exhale that. Yes. The problem comes 
when we inhale that all over again. I can't do it. I don't have enough. And then we go, and we breathe back in. I can't do it. I don't have enough. Instead of going, you know what? When I breathe out, I breathe out carbon dioxide. And when I breathe back in, I breathe back in oxygen. I don't breathe back in the same thing I breathed out. That's not good. And so when I breathe out the pressure of the world, the weight of the world, whatever I'm afraid of, I breathe out. That's making me nervous right now. You know, it's fight or flight, and God put that in us. We see a threat, either real or perceived, and we're like, can I outrun it, or am I going to have to fight it? Can I I get away from it, or am I going to have to get up in there with it? And we decide that pretty quickly, and when we do that, Our breathing becomes shallow, and sometimes during fight or flight, we don't even notice it, but we're not breathing at all. Anybody struggling with anxiety? Shelly's done this to me a few times when she just tapped me on the shoulder and said, hey, you're not breathing right now. And I'm like, oh, I didn't really realize that. (gasps) Oh, I wasn't breathing right now. And God is saying, I need you to breathe. I need you to close your eyes and close out everything around you, and I need you to get in touch with the sovereign, miraculous breath of God in your lungs. And I need you just to hear the miracle of breath. And I want you to exhale all the weight but I don't want you to take it back in. When you inhale, I want you to inhale the sovereign God. I can't. But you can. I don't. But you do. I'm not. But you are. And we learn the rhythm of breathing out what we're afraid of and breathing in the one who's greater than everything that could ever come against us in our lives. And in the rhythm, we find Ruach. God is greater. And I want to prophesy today to our house. I want to prophesy to anybody in the valley of dry bones today. And I want to proclaim today based on the word of God, because this is our gospel. He is the one who brings the dead to life and puts his spirit inside of us and I want to prophesy to the dry bones today spirit of God come and enter them that they may live I want to prophesy over you today maybe the weight is so great and you are convinced that somehow this will be the epitaph of your life It will be written on your headstone, born on this day, died on this day, and in between carried the weight of depression, bound by anxiety, afraid 
in every direction, crippled by the darkness. And I'm telling you, that is not your future. That is not your destiny. That will not be your story because Holy Spirit is still alive and he is in this place right now. And the pen is in his hand. And if you will let him today, he will write a new narrative for your life. Ruah, the wind of God, the breath of God, the spirit of God coming into dry bones, a valley that is desolate. And now people standing up, a vast army with a story and a testimony. Jesus is greater. I'm not hyping you. I know the whole I know how far down that hole is. I know what it feels like, if this is you today, to have barely made it into this gathering. And to chalk it up as a huge win, when in a few minutes, you can walk out the door and get back in your car. And you said, I did it. And that was huge that I even got there. I know. I went to a Thanksgiving with family like that. But I'm standing here and I don't have hype, but I do have a word. And I prophesy over dry bones today in the name of Jesus Christ, Spirit of God, come into them that they may live. And I want to prophesy and pray that over you today in Jesus' name. And I know you may feel like that's the last thing you really want is somebody to even give you one more step today because you're like, I don't even know if I can take a step. But I always know that I have more power than the enemy wants me to believe that I do. And you have more power than the enemy wants you to believe that you have. And so we're going to pray. And as we pray, I want to know who we're praying for. And so whether it's 515 anywhere in that gathering or whether you're online somewhere around planet Earth or whether you're in this room right here, I just want to invite you, if that's you today, in the weight, call it what you will, anxiety, dread, fear, depression, is on your life and smashing you down into the ground, we're gonna pray and prophesy over you this word today. Breath of God, spirit of, of God, come. And I just wanna invite you, whether you're here at Cumberland, top, bottom, somewhere at 515, if you just stand for this prayer. I encourage you to take a hand of your friend, your husband, your, your wife, your mom, your dad, a son or daughter, a friend that you came with. Take their hand and say, I want to stand in this prayer. Will you stand with me? I want to stand today and ask God again by the power of the Holy Spirit to breathe breath into my lungs 
I want to, I want these dry bones to live. And I believe that God is still prophesying the breath of the Holy Spirit. And I want the Holy Spirit's breath in me. If you're here by yourself, just stand by yourself. And we're going to pray for you and pray with you. And we're going to sing over you and sing with you in Jesus' name. Anyone else before we pray? It's beautiful just seeing people standing all across this building, all around from corner to corner in the balcony in the bottom. Dry bones come into life today in the name of Jesus. Dry bones come into life today. If you're like, that's too far away for me to see it. It's not too far away for you to stand in it right now. You don't need to worry about seeing it a, a, a year from now. You don't need to be, see six months from now or six weeks from now. You just need to be able to see right now that I choose to stand under this prayer that my dry bones can live. And church, I just want to call you right now. We're, 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 we're interceding for people who are really hungry for God to touch them in a miraculous way. So can you just begin to pray for them? Lord, we come in the name of Jesus. We come with no power of our own, but we do come in confidence in who he is. We come confident that he has overcome. And if no tomb can hold him down, then no weight of this world can crush us. So we pray and prophesy now according to this word. We know this is translated into real time with the coming of Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, the gift of the Holy Spirit. But we pray along with Ezekiel today and we say to these dry bones, come from the four winds, spirit of the living God and breathe on them that they may live. God, we push back on hereditary traits. We push back on chemical imbalance. We push back on every circumstance and situation. And we know those things are real and we understand what we're up against. But God, we speak the name of Jesus into every story, into every life in this moment and pray that you will interrupt the narrative that the enemy is writing and that you will take the pen, Holy Spirit, and you will write life over every story. God, I pray for a 15-year-old girl in this gathering right now who feels like the last things spoken over her is going to be death. And I thank you today, God, that you are changing her story right now. You are erasing death and replacing it with life. And I speak over her your very words. I will live and not die. And I will declare what the Lord has done. We speak against every lie that the enemy is trying to convince us of. We speak against depression that leads to suicide and self-harm. And we thank you, Jesus, that you were harmed for us, that we might have overcoming life. And we speak your life, your hope, breath, 
In Jesus' name, God, we pray that you would break every family trait, everything that has been modeled to us and everything by DNA that has been put in us because you are our Father and we are born again to new life in you. I pray and speak freedom over people to seek help, to find a doctor or pastor, to seek the light and to step out of isolation, to call not a friend today, but to call eight friends today and say, I've been in a low and I, I need you. Come, Holy Spirit of God, and touch us. Touch us all with the breath of heaven. We need you. This is our hope today. In Jesus' name. If you were encouraged by today's talk, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience other talks, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at passioncitychurch.com or download the Passion Movement app. And again, thanks for listening to the Passion City Church Podcast.